BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. We welcome Zach Barry of OM Spirit and win totals week continues because FanDuel dropped all these win totals on us. And we, well, first of all, the Super Bowl just ended. There's no football for a good long time. We need to think about football. We need to think party positive football thoughts, Zach. So what better way than to try to figure out how does Ole Miss get over nine and a half wins? Because that is the, the total has been set. Uh, that, that is the same as Alabama, the same as LSU and the only two schools in the SEC that have a higher projected win total, Georgia and Texas at 10 and a half. So interesting spot. for That's not where Ole Miss is used to starting the season, but given the way last yeah. season ended, given everybody who's back, it feels like the right spot. Do you have that stat handy when the last time Alabama's win total was this low? 2016. Okay, so it's kind of recent. Okay. Yeah, they're losing wow. they were losing Derrick Henry. They were losing a ton on the defense. They were losing Kenyon Drake. Uh you didn't know who the quarterback was going to be because remember Hertz yeah. was a freshman. So everybody's thinking it was Blake Kiffin Barnett or Cooper. Left. Yep. Kiffin had just yeah. left. Yeah. So <laughs> full full circle. Full circle. That's um, exactly right. You know, we talk about talk a lot about on our show. I believe you and I have briefly touched on it. I think this is Ole Miss, Jackson Dart coined the phrase, you know, kind of stealing from from Michael Jordan, um, calling it the last dance. A lot of guys came back on this team. They added a ton in the portal. And look, I do think this is the window for Lane Kiffin. I think this is when you have to strike and you have to take advantage with, in my opinion, the two toughest games on the schedule are at home in Georgia in Oklahoma, you get Georgia November 9th, and um, Oklahoma late October, you get a nice runway in the beginning of the year with four, I, I call them cupcakes, uh, Furman, MTSU, Wake Forest. At Wake is not not anywhere near as dangerous as it was in recent years. But um, Yeah, two or, have, two or three years ago, that's you're looking at that like a coin flip, but now now you're not thinking yeah. that way. Um and then Georgia Southern, and then you go head first into SEC play. Um, yeah, I think I think ten and two is absolutely a realistic thing. Uh, and I know with Fanduel with the nine and a half at the hook, it makes it tricky because let's say Ole Miss loses one, it's not supposed to, or mm-hmm. um, you know there's some injury concerns. You know, guys are banged up. They lose a tight one. Um, you know, last second field goal type deal. Nine and three. Um, 
I'm still sticking with 10 and two. I think the amount of talent and experience coming back on offense and then the added firepower of Juice Wells. The word is still that Logan Diggs is going to be ready by conference play. I don't know if that'll be Kentucky or if it'll be into October. Um, but I know there's been some back and forth on that. You know, how's the knee? Is he going to be ready? I think that's just an added bonus, Andy. I think Ulysses Bentley is more than capable of being a number one guy. And it's not talked about enough, but almost really likes the true sophomore that'll be behind him. And Kedra Criscano, four-star guy from Texas that um, Ole Miss beat out a ton of really good programs for. He's just uh, he's just chomping at the bit waiting for his turn. So um, Diggs would be an excellent addition uh, to that backfield as you get into SEC play. And I also anticipate Ole Miss at least kicking the tires a little bit in the spring period in the portal if there's any guys that get in. So, um, yeah, I, I would go over. I feel pretty confident with the defensive additions and Jackson Dart in the third year. And what makes that so interesting is – in the new SEC, in the new playoff format, 10 and 2 in the SEC feels like you're just at, like, are, you're asking, are they going to make the playoff or not? Because if right, they're 10 yeah. and 2, I would think they're in. I would think, I would think so. Um, you know, in, in, in truly 9 and 3, nowhere near a guarantee, but depending right. on whatever, especially with their non conference schedule. Yeah, if it's if it's a weird year where it's a bunch of people are losing and you know it'll be top heavy. It's always going to be top heavy with at least two or three people running the you know Michigan, Ohio State running the table. Um, you know maybe you have somebody in the ACC, Florida State keeps pace with what Norvell's built down there. But yeah, I mean if it gets kind of bogged down around that you know six, seven, eight seed range, that that could be something that you could slide in there, you know, depending on, you know, I, I don't, I, I, do you know, Andy, the metrics that the committee looks at? Cause I feel like it it's changes the same every ones. year. It has, it, it's, it's allegedly the same ones. It's supposed to be 12 best and not 12 most deserving yeah. or anything like that. Uh, what will be interesting to see, like, I am curious, like you just mentioned, what are they going to use? Because I do think strength of schedule probably should matter quite a bit more here and yeah. a nine and three team that played a brutally tough schedule, or a nine and three team that played what is perceived to be an easier schedule, I would think that would be an easy tiebreaker for you. So that the the and Ole Miss, I mean, as these things go, got a nice draw from the SEC, and their non-conference is not so bad. Like you, you think right. about it, they get Georgia at home, they get Oklahoma at home. Kentucky, South Carolina, not too bad. At Florida, Lord knows what Florida's going to be at that point in the season because that, yeah. they're in the, they will be in the teeth of one of the worst stretches of schedule you've ever seen in your life. It's but, so bad. Yeah, it is terrible. McDelatory and I talked about it it's this brutal. week. And it, like every time you look at it, it looks worse. <laughs> so... Now yeah. that said, you got to go to the swamp the week after you play Georgia. There is a, you know, do you get beat? Yep. Well, no, actually, there's an open date. That's right. It's a two open date season. Oh, I, I keep forgetting oh. that. I hate they don't put it in the schedule, like because I don't want to do math. That's why. That's it, why it, I is, do this it is. It is tough. But it is. Th this is this is fascinating because let's talk about what Ole Miss brings back because we 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 keep saying it, but I think offensively, sure. 
to, to help people understand, uh, Trey Harris had a great first season in Oxford and yeah. then had an NFL decision to make. He decides to come back. Uh, Prescore in the tight end decides to come back. You, uh, everybody knows what happens with Quinshawn Judkins. He left. Ulysses Bentley, who averaged six yards a carry, 6.7 yeah. yards a carry, is back. And then most of the line. Yeah, so bring back pretty much everybody up front. And then, oh, by the way, you add two guys from the Joe Moore award-winning offensive line from Washington and Nate Calipo, Julius Buello. You also bring in Jerquan um, Scott from Southern Miss, a guy that's played a ton of football, experienced guy that's going to be on the interior, help with, you know, again, Kiffin. We're good. That's Kiffin's M.O. We're going to run the football. We're going to be physical. And then we'll set everything up off of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it got to the point last year where Trey Harris was just, he was, he was damn near automatic. I mean, in the peach bowl, I was shocked that everybody in the bins knew number nine was getting the football and Penn state just couldn't stop it. I mean, it was, it was nothing fancy. It was just an over route or a comeback or a curl or, you know, just, it, it wasn't a trick play, no window dressing. There was nothing fancy. Just, Hey, he's our best guy, and we're just going to keep throwing it to him until you stop it. And Penn State couldn't do it, and nobody really could last year. Well, and the, the Juice Wells edition is is the one that it kind of depends on which Juice Wells you're getting. Are you getting the the healthy version who was just you know unstoppable, or are you getting the one who was banged up for most of the season last year at South Carolina, and you never really got to see it? There's a possibility that Juice Wells might be the best receiver in the SEC if he's healthy. Well, and I think it's it's big for Ole Miss with Trey Harris and Jordan Watkins coming back. You're not having to ask Juice Wells, hey, we need you to come in and be the dude and catch 10, 12 balls a game. Um, now, he very well could catch 10, 12 balls a game if people are just bracketing Trey Harris, taking away Jordan Watkins on the in, on, in the slot. Um, but you're, but he's not having to be the number one dude. There's, there's not a ton of pressure on him to – get those touches every single week. Um, but yeah, I, I think from what I've been told by people up in Columbia and around him, the foot is good. Um, and and I, I think it's also fair to say that Ole Miss probably did their own research and made yeah. sure that he was good to go. And th- that's kind of my thing with Logan Diggs too, is Ole Miss signed him expecting him to, com- you know, contribute. Um, but yeah. And then I, I don't think Priestcorn gets talked about enough. He was banged up all last season up and down. Um, he had some off the field stuff with, with, you know, a death in the family that I mean, just in, incredible. Um, I mean, just to play through that and continue to improve. And by the time it got to the peach bowl, I mean, he was unstoppable. Um, I think his presence in that offense, along with a guy like Daquan Wright from Virginia tech, who is an athletic freak, uh, Charles Power and Cody Belair loved him out of high school. He was a late bloomer, a really versatile ex tight end who I think will complement Priest Corn's kind of throwback, um, you know, almost like a like a Jeremy Shockey type tight end who's yeah. a big physical possession guy who's going to get those those first downs for you. But Daquan Wright's a dude that can really spread the field and uh, get out in space. So the offense. It's crazy to to even think the offense is getting so much attention in the same cycle when 
the defense Lance Walter Nolan, Prince Umami Ellen, Pooh Paul, uh, Trey Amos. Uh, I mean, the, the defensive additions are, are pretty loud as well. Well, and the defensive additions were, were pretty critical because offensively, we kind of know what we're getting from Ole Miss. And, and obviously, if Juice Wells is, is a healthy version of himself, you're talking mm-hmm. about an offense that could be as productive as maybe that LSU one last year when they had Jaden Daniels yeah. and, and Brian Thomas and, and Malik Neighbors. But this one on defense, you know, you saw in the Georgia game. It was like, okay, this is where Ole Miss is deficient. This is up front yeah. defensively. This is where they have to get better. And they did. They went out and got – so Prince Leo Manny Ellen was, was one of Florida's better defensive linemen. He hopped in the portal, and, and they picked him up. Walter Nolan, everybody knows, was a number one overall recruit, signed with Texas A&M. You know, it, it was kind of up and down, but when he's when he's on, he lives up to the hype. Yeah. yeah you get the number one defensive lineman in the portal, uh, the number two edge, the number three wide receiver. Um, Trey Amos I don't think is, is getting enough – enough pub oh, from Alabama. Uh, yeah. I mean, when I talked with Travis Rayer from, from BOL, you know, I, I was like, you've seen him. I want to hear what you have to say, but here's my scouting report. Nick Saban thinks that he's legit. So there you go. Um, well, yeah. When, when Terry Arnold went out against Tennessee last year, they threw Trey Amos in and felt completely comfortable with yeah. him in their defense. And, and so, and you saw how good that secondary was last year. So if he was, if he was good enough to hang in that secondary, he's going to be good enough yeah. to play pretty much anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the number one corner there any other year when you, Kool-Aid McKinstry and Taryn Arnold are NFL guys. Um, but, hey, in the SEC championship, Kool-Aid gets hurt. They bring him in, puts the clamps down on, on Brock Bowers, um, had a couple big pass breakups late in that one. So, yeah, it's a seasoned guy. and He was really good at Louisiana before he got to Alabama. So, again, the theme of experienced, older guys that are going to come in, know the deal. They're going to buy into the whole pro mindset, the culture that the locker room already has with the returning production on defense. Because J.J. Pegues is back. Jared Ivey's back. Um, yeah. T.J. Dudley got to play in the bowl game. Um, he will be eligible for the full season, coming off the edge, playing some outside linebacker. Um so it, it's a it's a defense that is still you know John Saunders is is back. I think the secondary is going to be very different and look very different. But I, I think you know Yam Banks is someone that doesn't get talked about a lot as a lot of these guys committed in kind of a flurry where it was two or three at a time, where it was a lot of excitement, a lot of excitement, and then there are a couple guys that don't get talked about enough. But Yam Banks. NFL scouts love him. He, he had a decision, too, and decided to play one more year back closer to home. So it's going to be a fun defense. It's going to look very different, but I'm excited to, to see what Pete Golding does with him. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. 
saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Well, and, and the Lane Kiffin question is, is he going to start winning the games that maybe they aren't supposed to win? Because that's, they've gotten to the point where they win the ones they're supposed to win now. And yeah. last year it was Alabama and Georgia. Okay, could you get over the hump? And it doesn't happen. This year, it's probably, you're, probably well, definitely Georgia at home. I honestly don't know if there's another one of those. Because I think Oklahoma, depending on where they're at, Ole Miss. Yeah. Good chance they're favored in that game. At LSU, we don't know what LSU is going to be. Yeah, and that's mid-October. It's on yeah. the road, so winning on the road in the SEC is hard no matter what. It, that's the big thing that you I'm sure you've talked about it plenty with people with Texas and Oklahoma. I've heard uh, a couple, you know, national guys, um, you know, shout out to, to Roddy Jones. He mentioned it on a show yep. a couple months ago where – you know, hey, Texas and Oklahoma, you're not going to have these sleepy road games anymore where people are, you know, reading a novel and just kicking back. I mean, this is going <laughs> to yeah. be week in, week out, raucous environments, especially Texas. No yeah. disrespect to Oklahoma, but I mean, Texas is going to be everybody's Super Bowl this year. Everybody right. hates Texas. Like, it's <laughs> even teams that have never played them before hate them. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a very underestimated thing that people are talking about it. But I think once it's a tangible thing that you can see on a Saturday where – and I know Quinn Ewers in, in Texas beat Bama in Tuscaloosa already. So they can do it, but week in, week out, you know. Yeah. Are you gonna it's, actually, to- it's actually funny with Texas because sort of the knock on Texas was they, play, they would play up or down relative to the level of competition. Like you almost yeah. worry with Texas, like if they come into a hyped road environment against an inferior opponent, they're like, oh – we are supposed to show up today. And so yeah. <laughs> although I, th- yeah. I think they've probably solved that. Like the consistency feels there with Texas. We don't know yet with Oklahoma. Like it's interesting that you yeah. mentioned kind of the sleepy, somebody reading a book. Well, now I wasn't reading a book. I believe it was knitting at Kansas a few years ago. Uh, <laughs> the book reading guy was at Florida state back in the Willie Taggart yeah, days. Yeah. But the, so there was a, there was a young lady knitting uh, while, while the Kansas game was going on. That doesn't happen well, anymore either, as Oklahoma learned the hard way last year. So yeah, it's it's well, going to be. Wasn't it, a, wasn't it a couple years ago when Oklahoma, or, or excuse me, Kansas, just let people into games for free? Yes, yes. Like they were just. Oh, like, I've just, been to, I've been to a can a game in Kansas when they were terrible, and it is friends and family only. Or back then, like now they're they love it. Like Lance Leipold's done an incredible job, and they they bring people. Yeah. But but what what Oklahoma and Texas were walking into, like what they. What they will see if – well, Texas knows about at Arkansas. They just went there a few years ago. But, like, mm-hmm. when you go to Fayetteville, when you go to Oxford, when you go to Starkville, like, it's going to be wild every single time. Yeah. Well, I was talking with some guys last night about Oklahoma's schedule. Um, and it's pretty tough, too. Uh, you, yes. You, the non-conference is, is whatever. But hosting Tennessee – September 21st mm-hmm. at Auburn. Then you get a bye. Then you get the Red River game against Texas. 
host South Carolina at Ole Miss. You get a break with Maine at Missouri. Then you get an open date hosting Alabama at LSU to close. Brutal. I mean, even with the even with the main and the open date, like it's just it, we talk about it all the time. And look, I hate to do the like, well, we 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 know about it. We've lived it. Like you're gonna find out, but like that's true. <laughs> I mean, just it yeah. it just pounds you just weekend, and, and like it's impossible to get through a year without getting banged up. And that's what it's so important to mention that when talking about these win totals is, you know, Jackson Dart. I, Dude is, is tough as hell, but he is yet to go through a season without being banged up. And mm-hmm. and you're going to run if you're Ole Miss's quarterback in this offense. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, I, I don't know if Kiffin's had these conversations with with Jackson Dart. I know his I know his dad has joked about it. It's like, man, you got to slide. You got to get down. I mean, he did it in the Georgia game. Andy, Ole Miss is down thirty points, and he tries to run over two Georgia guys, and he did. <laughs> but he also got hurt. So yeah. that linebacker mentality at quarterback gets you into trouble. But is yeah, I mean, is Walker Howard the next guy if if that happens? Yeah, I think so. It's the it's interesting with Austin Simmons, the the kid from Florida that almost mm-hmm. flipped from Florida that jumped up two classes. The staff loves him, raves about him, and talking with him, he doesn't sound like an eighteen year old. He sounds like he's twenty one years old, twenty two, very mature kid. Um, but yeah, Walker Howard would be next man up. And I know that, that they're excited about him as well, obviously, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's tough. And how's Jackson Arnold going to respond on the road down 10 with eight minutes to go type thing? Um, yeah. Incredibly talented. No doubt about that. (laughs) Ole Miss fans just had flashbacks to Johnny Manziel, his, his Heisman year. (laughs) Golly, I, I, Mike Hilton probably still ha- wakes up in a cold sweat all the time. That was, trying to tackle that, I, that was cold-blooded, what, what he did to Ole Miss that year. It was it was unbelievable. But uh, this is a different – like, that's the thing. Like, this feels different for Ole Miss because even in the, in the freeze years when they had a, a pretty good, pretty talented team, there was still those moments where it's like, oh, they're plucky Ole Miss. They're not supposed to be here. Like – they will walk into this season where they are supposed to be one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. I think that's one of the bigger things about the experience and the, the older player that Ole Miss has targeted out of the portal, you know, outside of, I think I went down the, down the line and looked at it outside of a, a Morian Walker, the corner from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much everybody in this portal class are experienced dudes that have played it started at least a full year or played multiple years. Um, so yeah, that, that, uh, the expectation of, Hey, we're no, we're no longer the underdog. Like we are the hunted now. Um, yeah. I think Ole Miss, they were the hunted for most of last year, but you're still the Alabama, the Georgia, like no one expects you to, to get it done. You're not expected to win this game. It's just, Hey, free shot. Like that was, that was the term Mm -hmm. that was used all the time with, with Ole Miss when they were, you know, the spunky underdog. Now you're, you're, you're getting some, some early preseason odds to, to win it all. So how do they manage those expectations in the locker room and, you know, staying up every week, um, you know, with some of those sec games that, Hey, you might be a nine and a half, 10 point favorite. Yep. 
Well, better better get used to it because I I think Lane's kind of figured out this system. Like how now maybe maybe the system changes uh, as we're recording this. They just had a hearing in in Tennessee that that potentially could change the NIL rules. But it feels like Ole Miss is one of the best at dealing with this new system and and navigating it. So I mean until yeah. something materially changes they're probably going to be able to put together some pretty good rosters. And uh, like yeah. you've said, the get old, stay old mentality, it's like, it's like basketball. It's like, yeah. you know, the, the, that's what the basketball coaches always want. Cause they feel like that team's going to be tougher in March. Like, and, yeah. and Ole Miss has, I think has more depth than we've seen in a long time. For sure. Yeah, for so. sure. Especially on both sides now with the offensive linemen that were picked up in the portal. Um, Cause Ole Miss has, some dudes on the offensive line already that have played a ton of football, played a lot last year. Now you bring in two guys from Washington, played a lot of football, going to compete. That's that, That's been Kiffin's whole whole mantra since he got to Ole Miss. We saw it mm-hmm. last year. They get Spencer Sanders. They get Walker Howard. They get Austin Simmons. Why do you have so many quarterbacks? Kiffin's, I'm just going to find who, who, who the best guy is. Yeah, because they're um, going to transfer anyway if it doesn't work out. Like, yeah. don't need to be sentimental about it. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Like the, it's the lottery ticket mentality, like in baseball recruiting. Yeah, yeah. sure. You you sign all these guys for your your baseball class. Okay, maybe the the top four or five are probably going to go pro. But what if they don't? Then right. You get them. Right. So, what if what if two what if two pitchers decide to come play for you? Now you're you, you got them for yeah. three years. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think you're right. It's. It, so it, it's it's amazing how different coaches have approached all of this differently, but mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin, Mike Norvell, you know those guys seem to have figured out this that's, is how it works best. That's a good look. It, nobody's better at segues than you, Andy. I wrote a piece the other day drawing some parallels yes. with the Florida State team this past year with Ole Miss with some guys at crucial spots um, and, and how. You know, basically Norvell and and, and the Knowles built to last year. Mm-hmm. And yep. we all know what happened, but the Jared Verse coming back, getting Braden Fisk, getting Keon Coleman, um, that they had all of these high caliber instant impact transfers that just knock it out of the park, played lights out, they run the table. Right. Bra- Braden Fisk and Keon Coleman are top one hundred NFL draft picks. Like they are yes. Yes. Very good play, and, and maybe yeah. maybe top fifty, and yeah. that that's exactly. I mean, that's what that's your Juice Wells, like Juice Wells, Keon Coleman is is, is the hope. You hope that Juice Wells, yeah, does for Ole Miss what Keon Coleman did for yeah, Florida State. I mean, State. that's you're exactly right. So, well, Zach, I have. Uh, I think you may have convinced me. I think I'm. <laughs> I think I may be able to go over on Ole Miss too. This is because okay. it, it is. It is literally Fanduel asking the question: Do you think Ole Miss is going to make the playoff? And pretty much, yeah. I look at the schedule and I think it's a distinct possibility. So, Zach Barry, thank you so much. Yep. See ya. Thank you so much for watching. Just a reminder subscribe to this channel right here so you never miss an episode of Andy Staples on Three. And oh, by the way, watch all the other great videos on the On Three Sports YouTube channel.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.